generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Start it. Start it from the bottom, now we're here. Start it from the bottom, now my whole team fucking here. Start it from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here, nigga. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Welcome back. You are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. In this episode, it is actually a podcast that I went on. Now, Shane Road from Lateral Lawyers asked if I would come and have a little bit of a chat about my journey from quitting my job to building out next advisory and in amongst the other things that I do as well. So I went and sat with him for about 35 minutes and discussed some of these things. Now, a couple of you have asked uh, for more of my backstory and things like that. And there's actually a good podcast that I did with the Between Two Beers Boys. If you haven't listened to that, if that is something that you're interested in, I go into a bit more detail in that. But with this episode with Shane, he was quite big on asking me how I've felt uh, through going through some of these changes and digging into those. And we discussed some things like going above and beyond in your role and quiet quitting and all those fashionable things out there at the moment. So I thought I would upload this one for you guys as well, just for um, some context of some of the things that I've done, if that is of interest to you. If not, I'd fucking find the next podcast and listen to that. So we'll get you started with the chain. See you in the next episode of keepthechange.co.nz's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Luke Kemis from Next Advisory and Boys Get Paid. Welcome, mate. Thank you for having me, mate. It's a pleasure to be here. Quite an apt song. Yeah, one of my favourites. Start, starting from the bottom, Drake. I'll get the old headphones on properly now that the Liam, our director slash technical advisors, left the room. Yeah, yeah, it's all happening in here. It's, it's all happening. See. It's two for 95. Speaking of two for 95, did you enjoy the ashes? Uh, I didn't watch much of it, to be honest, but I saw a bit of what was happening on the social media with just uh, some of the shenanigans that were going on. So... Pretty cool to see, actually, that they, like, I think Test Match Cricket, for some people, has probably lost its, its excitement, right, as we've gone to yes. being so distracted and short attention spans. But I find, like, I feel like they've made ways to, to make it more exciting um, yeah. this year. And a lot of people were talking about it. 100%. And because the, the Palms, you know, love them or loathe them, I loathe them. I'm actually an Aussie supporter, yeah. a convert, along with a friend of mine, yeah. Yeah. But I tell you what, um, what was interesting is... Uh, TVN, see Spark Sport had the coverage and TVN, and, but they went busto. Yeah. Right? So TVNZ took over the production and it had an app. You could watch the whole thing live. And I told our, our mutual acquaintance, James Ashwin at Kakavo, I actually said, Oh, it's, haven't you just loved watching this test? He said, What do you mean watching this test? I said, How do you watch? I said, The TVNZ app. He goes, You tell me now, it's 311 <laughs> for eight. He missed After it. tea on the last session. I said, Oh, oh sorry. I thought you knew. Yeah. 
because I never had Spark in the first place. So how would I have known? Yeah. So yeah. obviously it's your bad luck then, isn't it? Funny story, but I won't go right into it because we'll, I'll tangent this, but I actually had a night out with Dave Warner and Steve Smith one time in Wellington. Oh, really? Yeah, bumped into them at the bar. And they were on. They were coming up in their journey. Well, dispel the myth. Were they good dudes? They were. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I reckon they are too. Yeah, yeah. I love old Davey Dum Dum and Smudger. Yeah, yeah, yeah I really legends. enjoyed Yeah, Warner was probably my, uh, yeah, my favourite of the two. Yeah, a uh, personality. Yeah, but they've gone on to be obviously really good. I was watching Big Bash Cricket at the time, but we were – would be punting on how many sixes he would get and then i saw him out at the casino afterwards and he got player of the match that day yeah and then man of the match sorry and then we saw him at the casino and then he made the australian team for a t20 and i was down there for a accounting conference or work now i'm revealing that i was out <laughs> late at night whilst being paid um and basically there's a group of us and i was like that's David Warner. so I, I went up and I said, uh, how'd you go at poker last weekend? And he was just like, what the hell? Uh, but it was such a good icebreaker. He was just sort of like, that's weird. Uh, but then we got yarning and they said, oh, come have a few drinks with us if you want. So James and I actually played with uh, at the same table as old Finchie, the Aaron Finch, oh, yeah. recently retired, ODI captain. Yeah. And Maxwell was up there. Yeah, and okay. I was actually, this is back in my smoking days and I had a, I saw old Maxie went for a ciggy. I thought this is going to be a good chance to chew his ear off. And yeah. I was talking to him. I said, why aren't you in the test team? He said, you tell me, mate. He was quite a sort of chip well, on the shoulder, yeah, sort yeah. Of interesting character. But anyway, we digress. <laughs> no, no, good stuff. I'd rather talk about cricket than work any day. Um, wanted to get you on here. You know, obviously, we go way back now. Mm. And, you know, that infamous call when I called you and, you know, you thought I was yet another, yet another lecherous lawyer trying to, you know, ride the coattails of your fabulous social media content. <laughs> And, um, you know, it turned out I'm, I am just another lecturer's <laughs> lawyer, but I also had a few clients of my own and gave you a few referrals and the rest is history. You yeah. know, and you're now a client and, you know, and um, someone I, I, I definitely value personally and professionally. Tell us a little bit about your journey. I know it, but I think mm. that the viewers would love to hear, particularly those stuck in that grind. Yeah. You know, what, what you're doing, how you are feeling about it and, and, you know, and what you did to get out of it and what it was like in real life terms. Because everyone sort of gets the shiny story of like, oh, I was a bit unhappy and then I went and made money and I was, you know, doing the podcast. But there's a, I think there's a deeper reality. Well, you and I know there's a deeper reality to that journey than just the, mm. the shiny sort of aspect of it. Yeah, so I'll tell the journey piece quickly <coughs> and then I'll say as well if you want to hear more about that then i did a podcast recently with between two beers and they i, I genuinely think they've probably got the best podcast in the country yeah um and i go into quite a bit of detail in that of kind of the, the stages um so to keep it tight and then i'll talk about yeah. some things that i haven't um, previously then yeah i'll go so journey was basically um accounting degree four years at uni become a ca I'd been sort of entrepreneurial through that where I'd had different ideas and sort of thought I'd love to have a crack at that, but I just didn't really know how. Um, and so I'd kind of get 90% of the way, build it all out and then go, shit, I'm scared to, to put it into the market or, um, you know, how to actually execute it. So I would then get back to the safe path of, you know, I've come this far in my study, I need to be an accountant, I need to get my CA done, et cetera. So I had really good uh, roles and I went through uh, Audit New Zealand and I went up into the NACI and um, I you know, quickly learned I probably wasn't going to be fit um, and cut out for being an auditor, mm -hmm. uh, but got into public practice in the NACI, and my boss there was sort of one of those people, probably much like yourself, where he could see younger people and would just say, hey, you, know, you, you need to do this, and it was basically in the deep end, and I'd be like, okay, well, I'd either figure out 80% of it and go back and say, mate, I've, I don't know what's going on for this bit, and he would tidy that piece up. Um, and luckily, Phil still does that for me today, <laughs> my now business partner, but... 
yeah. I learned a lot in the Naki and I learned a lot about relationships and dealing with people and you know Taranaki farmers they just want to talk about rugby and the milk payout that sort of thing and then five percent accounting and I ended up in the Naki for a girlfriend and that that didn't last um and so I kind of got to the stage where I thought well I never intended on being in, in the small town of Hawara forever um yeah. if it wasn't for the I always wondered how you ended up in Hawara <laughs> I knew there'd be a woman involved or yeah, something something yeah. like that <laughs> it had to be yeah. but the job was really good and it was actually really hard to leave because I had everything that most people would want you know good disposable income I'd brought yep. my own property had a roof over my head I had great mates um I was dabbling with a couple of other uh, girlfriends down there at that time so you know post the the one that took me there and and it was I remember crying like leaving um Haura to Auckland driving mm. with bugger all possessions that I had I left my house behind and I just sort of like Fuck, what am I doing um is this the right decision and got to Auckland and then Auckland wore me down by about the Thursday and I'm, I'm crying again of driving for 40 minutes to get to work on the motorway uh into this new role thinking what have I done uh but yeah, spent some time up here doing um, you know, general accounting and business accounting and yeah, learnt, learnt more stuff again there. But then everything changed when I, I was flying back to Palmerston North and I bumped into, I sat next to a guy and I often try and have a little bit of small chat with whoever I'm sitting by, if they're a stranger, you just never know what they're doing, who they are. And this guy was explaining to me how he's from the tech world and he said, you're an accountant, do you know you can claim back your school donations? And I yeah. said, yeah, that's literally the easiest part about tax rules and he said well i've just done that and i had to fill out these paper forms and it was really hard and my entrepreneurial side of the brain was just like whoa i wonder if there's an opportunity here so i started researching you know how many parents don't claim their school donations back because you, there are um, millions of dollars every year that parents pay to schools as a voluntary contribution but that's effectively a donation but people don't see it as that because it turns up on an invoice and they don't actually realize they can get a third of that back hmm. so I went back to work on the Monday and I said to Phil, mate, you know, I had this call, uh, this um, chat with this guy on the plane, et cetera. And you know, Phil was pretty interested in it as well. Phil was one of our business partner. Um, and we sort of thought, like, let's, you know, as accountants do this, get a spreadsheet out and let's work out how much hasn't been claimed. And if we just got 10% of that and, you know, um, then the third of that would be refunded to parents. And if we charged a 15% fee, outcome equals will be millionaires. Like, fuck, let's get started on this. And basically that's that's what we did so i'd already because i'd had these little ventures previously i went back to some of the people that i've been working with in the NACI that did you know that built websites and stuff and like can you build this and so basically um i i knew that the next time i had one of these ideas is like i need to quit my job and i need to actually go 100 percent all in yeah. on it because i've tried the oh, i'll just do a little bit here and there um, so I, for me personally i needed to really throw everything at it and be like can i actually do this uh, otherwise i'm just going to have to go back to to employment basically so that's uh that's what we did and what we learned very quickly through school rebates was that most people didn't actually need us to do their donation rebate return they just had no idea that they could do it so we just went out and educated tens of thousands of parents yep. and they were basically like thanks a lot that's amazing i'll go and do this myself and then we were left with the sort of my food bag um of of people who were like i can't bother doing this can you do it for me yeah. and so we we did refund a million bucks to, to parents wow yeah so that was like it was cool the the stories and stuff you know that people were sharing with just you know now we can buy i can use this money to buy um, a rain jacket for my child and things like that so 
through that bit of the journey, that's where I learned a lot about social media and how we were trying to get in front of people and email marketing and running <coughs> ads and install, installing a pixel to retarget people on your website, just all these things that I'd never even heard of. And I really enjoyed that part of it. And basically the IRD also said to us, hey, if this gets some traction, this is probably good validation for us that we should probably be bringing forward the development of this in our own system. Yes. And actually you know starting on that sooner so we knew as well after a while because we got traction like we don't have a, a window here and at the same time we were pissing off schools because they were then having to go back four years and get receipts for parents because you can go back four years yeah. and so they were kind of going who are you guys so we we're trying to build trust with parents with schools with the ird we're pissing off the tax agencies and intermediaries because they were saying well you've stripped the agency off of us they were a uh, uh, they were getting the income tax refund for them, but you could only have one intermediary at the time. So okay. they were upset with us. So it was like this massive shit fight. And we were just kind of out there just trying to do our thing. But basically, um, as well, Phil rang me one day and said, you know, why don't we try and build a, an accounting practice from from scratch and just take the things that we've learned and, and have a crack at it? Phil had always wanted to go out on his own. He was contemplating buying into different um, accounting practices yeah. throughout his career and i was like yes yeah, sweet you know I'd, I'd always sort of wanted to do it the way that we'd want to do it and the buzzword in our space and it has been for years is advisory work and you actually get all this real-time data from zero and you help people you know grow their businesses and stuff but you get into most roles and you realize that you don't even like there's not much of that that actually happens because it's not very scalable but doing sets of accounts is and there's that's still profitable so there's and the the amount of inquiry and, and queries and stuff you get from clients throughout the um, year, you don't actually have a lot of time to be like, right, I'm going to proactively sit down and figure out how I can help this business owner grow. Yeah. Uh, and then accountants naturally as well don't have great sales skills. So like, well, how do we then sell that as a service? That yes. seems a bit scary. How do you teach that when you've taken people through university, more study, but then they don't have any genuine business skills? Yes. So that was kind of like everything was sort of probably happening around me. And it's very easy now to look back and be like, oh, yeah, I can see like how we've done this. But at the time, we we're basically just like doing the traditional, right, okay, let's win the accounting side. We'll say as well that we offer business planning and we'll sit down with clients and we'll help with some of that. But interestingly as well, a couple of the clients in the early days were like, could you help us with our digital strategy? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course we can. Um, and, you know, be pricing it like $1,500 and spend a whole day with them. Now, I'm like, geez, you know, they'd be going to an agency. So, you know, you have all these lessons that you look back and think, wow, you know, that was uh, that was silly. Um, but that's basically the, the the journey where we've gone, right, you know, I've kind of gone through doing some entrepreneurial things. I've gone, right, I need to make a commitment to getting out of a job. I've met Phil, um, just a massive part of the story and very lucky to find somebody like that to have a partnership um, and, you know, we, we get on very well and we both have very differing personalities yes. and roles and both just kind of like let each other do our thing, um, but then overlap with things that we need to both have involvement on. And yeah, so now um, we're at year six in September, awesome. uh, so yeah, next month of Next Advisory. So we literally started with, you know, zero clients and basically went out there and you kind of, I guess to, some of the, the things that I learned along the way to come back to your question is that I think most people do assume that you're just going to start a business and everyone's mm -hmm. going to go, that's so awesome. Hey, why don't you do, you know, like, yeah, you can be my accountant, but it's just not what happens. People are like, good on you. I can't wait to see how you get on. And then you're like, shit, how am I going to get the clients? The amount, the amount of lawyers I've had come to me and seen what we've created here and want to do it. But then 
I say things like I was 29. I kind of, I wasn't really advancing in, in my firm. I, I, I just, I, it just didn't suit me. I was mm. doing okay. I had a very bad patch before I left. I wasn't very happy. I was yeah. sort of not doing much. When I, when I, um, they, they asked me, you know, how, what was the journey like? And I said, I just hated it so much. I just quit. Yeah. And I didn't have a plan. And I made like eight grand, I think, that year I quit. And I did almost a year of doing like, you know, faux journalism and going on the radio a little bit and yeah. sort of the whole sort of delusions of grandeur, you know, be the next Hunter S. Thompson or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Yeah. And you grow up a bit and you go, you know, it's actually not a bad career to make some money. But what I used to say to these, well, what I say to these people that come to me is you, you have to be prepared to go out and um, chance your arm without any expectation of direct remuneration mm. and you have to go down little rabbit holes and come up empty-handed and you have to be prepared to make no money for, yeah. for quite a while yeah and be disappointed and you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable and think what the hell am i doing if, if you're not really willing to run that gauntlet you should stay in your firm yeah. and 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 the, the cost to you of not having not having to go through that process is your salary the golden handcuffs as they call it that's the, that's the cost to you is is to not have that pain is to be working yeah. for someone without that hope of that runoff in terms of becoming an owner and if they won't do that so I, I used to i used to sort of um court people a bit more out of the goodness of my heart trying to encourage them more now because i'm just a bit more ruthless and um, you know guarded with who i give my time to as i'm sure you are if i can tell pretty quickly that they're not getting that message and they're going to do that i just say you're just better off going and being employed which they have a usually reason kind of get a bit, you know yeah a little yeah. bit grumpy with me but i don't care yeah no I, I yeah very very similar well i can kind of pick up now who probably should have a crack and and in, likewise you know i'll my story is i had to quit to to really have a crack but often i'll say to people don't do that you know try and make a bit of extra income on the side uh, and stay in your job and just test the market to see if you can actually do this um, and and do it a different way because if they're not if they're not willing to put in that extra couple of hours a day on top of their work they're certainly not going to have the oomph mm. to go and drive a business yeah yeah generally yeah, especially, generally not always but generally yeah especially in those early years where i mean even you know we're at year six and i'm calling a client last night at six o'clock yeah and then i'm working at between seven and eight and no like six thirty to seven thirty, and then i head down to the sauna and have a sauna, <clears throat> excuse me, and then because I didn't get it in in the morning because I had an earlier meeting, and then I'm basically right home straight to bed. Um, so, yeah, I think that if you can, it's always good to do the reps. The world's going the other way. It's like do the bare minimum, um, quiet quitting and all this bullshit. But, like, eventually that will just go full circle. But if you well, the, do... the problem with it, right, is it, it, it turns on nothing. It's a bit like, you know, addiction, which we all know I'm familiar with. What's the ultimate sort of, expression or the ultimate of an addiction is suicide or sort of mm. finding god that's sort of the only way you can go because the more you take the more oh, out of it right. the more out of it <laughs> <laughs> podcast yeah. um and with that i mean i mean really what is your ultimate destination with though that um with, with that rationale with quiet yeah. quitting is to get to zero mm. that's like okay i've won because i i do nothing and i get a lot yeah, I'm like part of me is like, okay, I'm all for it if you're then using your time for um, 
working on your mental health, your physical health, by tidying up your diet, um, figuring out how you can exit this job that you clearly, you only want to do the bare minimum. And I, it's really hard for me to understand because even in all of my roles, as much as I may not have liked them, if that was like, hey, look, we need you to do this, I'd be like, okay, uh, we need you to travel here. We're going to have to leave at 6 a.m. in the morning. Sweet. I'll be at the office at 5.45. Yeah. Um, it was like you know, when Luella left her last six weeks before she went to Perth, she was just incredible. And I just literally bought her a really nice, we bought her a really nice present and I, something she'd never buy herself. And um, and we said, to, I literally said to her, if you ever come back here, no matter what, if I can, yeah. we'll find your job. Because she's such a yeah. special person to have around. And it's like, how good. Imagine hearing that. Like, yeah, because yeah, she's just didn't, hand was never out it was never asked me for more money or anything just wood hard and, yeah. and it's like that whole rationale like you said if it's for for their benefit or it's part of their plan etc but then again and i'm sorry it just confounds me the whole like quite cool thing like if you're not ha happy maybe you could talk about it with your employer yeah. or, or or leave but yeah exactly. it's just so it's just basically like the, the, the sort of rationale that it's a good idea to be disingenuously like sneakily trying to do as little as or not observe the bargain that mm. you know ostensibly you've struck with your employer right? i think humans are wired to like look for a win right and i sort of learned this through the gambling yeah. side of things where <laughs> people are looking for an edge and if they're yeah. unhappy in their role it's like oh i come across this quite quitting thing and like the bare minimum mondays or whatever and it's like yeah like i'm i'm winning um or I use my credit card because um, I I get the points on it, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. But then the finances are in shit order, and you're like, well, why wouldn't you just tidy tidy? <laughs> some some of that, like you said, some of that that rationale can be good in certain ways, but like with so many things, the few um, ruin it for the many, right? Because mm. the loudest voices of something are the extremes. It's like, oh, this is great for these reasons, and they don't have noble reasons, and they are just trying to game the system, and they don't get it. That eventually, that will come crumbling down on them yeah but then but in terms of the middle and for the most part with i'm not saying with quite quitting i think that's nonsense but just in general saying not being happy you know in terms of i'm going to explore other avenues etc but there's a way to do that with with class and with dignity that maybe it isn't for you in a certain role and you see people all the time miserable and it often isn't their fault it is their employer's fault mm. or it's, it's circumstances beyond their control so in that sense i think that some of the less billion taller um, loudest voices in those positions probably there is quite a bit of merit to say the fact that they're an ip and they need to realign themselves mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that you like the longer you hold on to that is say that's your belief system or that's how you think you're going to approach the next decade if you're trying to do the bare minimum or not go above and beyond you're going to get beaten by the people who do and so then you're still going to be pissed off because you're like well why am i not getting what they get and this is where I don't understand, you know, people will say that they agree with all that stuff and they want to do that. But the, we live in a world where the more you produce, the, the world will give it back to you eventually. But then people will go to an All Blacks game as well and be like, there's a reason you're in the grandstand because you're not good enough. You haven't done the work, you haven't done the reps and you haven't gone above and beyond like all of them. And you didn't stay behind, you know, there's a reason only one of them or two of them kick all the goals. Yeah. And not every single one of them because they've put in the reps to go above and beyond to be like, that's going to be my point of difference. Yeah. And so we all go there and pay money and sit in the stands and celebrate. And we're like, that's amazing. Like it makes sense. But then we're like, oh, back to work Monday. I'm just going to do be a minimum. Might even see, you know, if I can gain the system a bit. When you were saying that, then I couldn't help thinking of my old man and shout out to him. He watches every now and then. Um, you know, you go around there and, you know, someone like a black cap nicks out or something early. Like, ah, oh, it's just fuck 
Mate, he's playing. He's twenty three. He's probably about a million bucks a year playing for his country. Yeah. Look at you do it. I'm your lazy boy. Yeah. Cup of tea. Just pop. Just pipe down. Yeah. Yeah. I always have that. I always have that feeling too. It's so easy to like hack people down in that position. But you're watching them on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And most of the time we're paying for it. We're better our attention, time, like opportunity cost of what we could be doing. We're literally like sitting there paying for a ticket. All right. So just switching from lamenting some of the 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 weaker maybe less um, marketable parts of, 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 of ourselves, of humans. Now, what's the, the different feeling for you? You do, you know, we do a bit of content, but I just hats off to you, the volume and quality of your content is superb. Obviously, you've set yourself up with Phil in a way to allow you to do that, mm. but it takes um, a lot of innate discipline and consistency um, to do that. So hats off to you for that. What what is though the, the the buzz or the vibe that that you have from your life being set up the way it is now? What are the you know the the challenges with doing challenges with setting it up that way? But most of all, um, how do you feel? Like like you said, you the quid pro quo is you can go to the sauna during the day or whatever. But and I'm exact we're exactly the same here. It's like you can you sometimes look. You might be playing golf on a Wednesday afternoon or whatever. But then you might have got up at five o'clock that day and done a whole lot of work. You mm. might be on the phone after golf on the way home for an hour with a really stressed out client we off i often am yeah so people see that what they want to say oh you're just off doing this or you're going to melbourne to do your masters or yeah. whatever but there's that quid pro quo trade-off so how, how what does your life feel like i know we, we know what it looks like yeah, yeah so how does it feel to be you if i can put it into one word it's probably like powerful yeah um, that's nice. probably what it now feels like i sometimes like as, as in you're empowered by it yeah yeah, yeah. and just what I used to think would be problems, now I'm just like, I don't even think about them or don't worry about them. Or I think, well, if that happened, I just roll, I just, I'll just solve it. Just normal, right? Yeah. And, you know, I just caught myself like looking out, as you were talking before, looking at the back. And I look around like Auckland, for instance, and I see things differently because I think, wow, I wonder who lives in that apartment up there. I wonder what it costs. I wonder if I could afford that. Well, like, why have I given up on that? And you just, you start to see the world completely differently. And that's a, it's, yeah, unless you've experienced it, I think it is really hard to kind of, you know, I think people know that, like, I want to feel that, but it, until you do it, it is really hard to articulate into words. And one of the exercises I did recently is that I went back and I looked at, okay, what was my income for all of the last eight years? And so that spanned basically like my peak income of, you know, I wanted to make a hundred grand in, a, in an employee role. And I thought, surely yeah. you're just you're in the top tier of new zealand you have everything you want you coast through to retirement and now i realize like fuck that oh, that would have been such a shit life for me what was i thinking well liam said the same we sat down about three years ago and i said where do you want to it was him and lou and we had this other guy that did some work for us at the time and and i and i said to someone else i said these two liam and lou are going to say they're on about 60 whatever you start you know pretty low 50 60 whatever and then they're like oh like I said these two are going to say 100 grand five yeah. this is like three years ago and the other guy because he had delusions of grandeur is going to save a million bucks yeah, yeah and i got these three bits of paper back and yeah both 100 grand million bucks i i, I kid you not yeah I was, I was bang on he's well, gone he's yeah. not doing anything <laughs> but but um these two they're both earning blues obviously in perth but i know she's earning really good money in aussie mm -hmm. the name's kicking ass he's doing i yeah. won't quite give it away but he's doing a lot better than that yeah and that's you know he thought oh you know hundred grand it's like, yeah but that's old conditioning too that's, that's old right school yeah. Conditioning. yeah and then you go through this journey of learning about that stuff you know how am i being conditioned to think 100k and all of the time but now still i'll set goals and it will usually start with like a hundred thousand like i'm still carrying that from 
you know, prior years of just anchoring back to if I could just get to 100k in the salary. But I mean, it's it's not necessarily about the the money. It's not about the money. I tell you what I, I say to you know the uh, ladies that have just started here. I say um, from day zero to day, to year, uh, you know, day three years, um, you, you the two of you could uh, very likely will be on kind of the same pay, mm. but that that but that will belie how successful each of you would be in 10 years. If one of you has worked really hard and the other hasn't, within three years, there'll be very little discernible gap because the way the system is set up. Yeah. One might be on 85, the other might be on 75 or whatever. Yeah. But in 10 years, the one who works hard might be earning five or 700 grand a year, and the other person might be on 110. And that's because you 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 can't, my old running coach used to say this, you do all the hard work, you don't dig up the potatoes while you're doing the hard work, but all that foundation that's being Gotcha. Yeah, it's like yeah. a business, right? With yeah. the life cycle in terms of how the cash flows into the business after the growth stage. Mm. It's the same with an, with an employee or a person, I should say. It's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually reaping what we sow, right? And I think that's the... So it's not about, because I don't want the viewers to think we're here going, oh, 100K is nothing. It's not. It's actually really hard to earn that. Yeah. But the point is with 15 20% more effort, you can earn a lot more from doing exactly the same thing better. Yeah, so, or even redirecting that same amount of energy to an area where you're actually way better at or more productive or you're more valuable. Yes. Yeah. You know, I got paid five grand to speak last week there you for go. 45 minutes. Yep. But I'd written down notes to myself years ago before heaps of shit just saying, I know that I can probably do that. Yep. And so I mapped out the juniors. I'm currently getting paid. I'd done three and it's like 300, 500 and 750. Yep. And I'm like, mid should be five. I should be aiming for 10. But I probably should try and figure out how to get paid a hundred grand to do a presentation. But then again, I'm like, why is it a hundred k? Yeah. But I got the five, and then I'm like, well, actually, because I'd written down ten grand for ninety minutes, so I did five grand for forty five, and I'm like, yeah. well, basically, I've achieved it. So it's just it's just mind blowing what's actually possible, and I think that's the the coolest thing about going on your own journey or into self employment or you know whether it's a sporting journey or whatever. You you get to test those boundaries. But in a like in an employment role or something, if that's not your thing then you've got this itch where you're like, I need to, you can just tell that there's more in you. Mm. Um, and not everybody has that and that's fine, but you get paid in so many different ways. You know, one day I got picked up on a, in a private chopper and flown to a lunch and there were more people working at the lunch, preparing the food than there were attending the lunch. And I'm sitting across from people going, holy shit. Like if I didn't do all of the stuff that I did, I wouldn't be sitting here drinking this mm. wine that I you know, don't even know what it costs. And people are surprising a champagne bottle, and I'm like, "Whoa, don't spill that!" <laughs> you know, you see, so you just like break all of these uh, limitations that you know you you've had, yes. and start to see the world in a in a completely different way. And one day, my dad actually said to me, he was just like, "Mate, um, I don't even know where you get all these big ideas and goals and stuff from. Like, I've, I've never thought like that." which is really interesting but they've been so supportive of me, my family, throughout awesome. the entire time. So I've kind of just thought that. They're like, come on, mate, like we know you've got this in you. Hurry up, just get on with it. But really, like dad's like, what's going on? <laughs> so, you know, you, then you just have all these different interesting dynamics and stuff, and then they kind of get on the, the journey, and I'm like, oh, I might start getting my shirts, um, you know, dry cleaned. And dad's like, mate, I've been ironing my shirts for, you know, X amount of years, and then my step would be like, but that's not a good use of his time. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. You know, so he's like, I, uh, I, I, I had to get my, my best togs, as John Banks would um, put it on to got a couple of meetings including this one with you today and um, I got these shoes and I went to put my actual 
my flash shoes, which I wear, wear very infrequently on, and the heel came off the back. Mum took them down to a little cobbler guy on Dominion Road. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I've got a few messages for him. And I was like, oh, here we go. And I'm like, what, what are they? She's like, first of all, he must stand on the hill when he pulls the shoes off. I'm like, oh, do, she's like, do you? I'm like, oh, probably. <laughs> she's like, the other thing, he should come and do my cobbler's class on how to put your house. just like, give it the Shane Warney. Oh, mum, no. <laughs> and, but you know what it is? It's like, I'm terrible with anything practical. And mm, it's like, so and used to think it's such a kiwi tall poppy thing to say oh it's so arrogant to think you could pay someone to do that yeah. but number one i hate it i do it really hard in a really narrow specific way and i, I don't want to do it and to me the value having that money is so i don't have to do things which make me unhappy mm. and yeah. you could like they're good at that so i couldn't do the shoes if i if i tried any i'll be i'll be the worst guy through that cobbler's class yeah and probably the 53 years this <laughs> this rooster's had these glasses i'll be hopeless so i wouldn't yeah, even you'd get kicked out eventually anyway i would <laughs> i'd be like poking my nose down the back yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um anything else we're going to wrap it up um anything else um what would be your sort of as lee hart would say 12 words or less but what would be your sort of succinct message to people there's a lot of them out there man trust me mm. you, or you know more than me because you get around more than me what would be your one message to people out there who are maybe 30 odd years old worked professionally or otherwise for five seven years and have kind of had enough what would be your your sort of enduring message so to speak to them yeah i, I probably can't do it in 12 words or less but you've got to know where you want to go but or equally, you may not know exactly where you're going to end up, but that's okay. But even knowing that you don't want to be where you are is very powerful. And then just start. And remember that it took you five years at high school. Oh, sorry, five at primary probably. You know, might no seven at primary, five at high school. There may be three at uni, and you didn't think that those were long periods of time. But somehow we get into employment and then we fall into the trap of getting a small pay rise each year and we end up there for four years. And so we think we're so far ahead and what we're going to go all the way back. And so four years all of a sudden seems like such a long time. But realistically, we left, we gave uni three years of our life and we gave them um, our future earning power, like getting paid back to them to pay the debt off. And then we go right i wonder if i could build out an accounting practice a law firm um, whatever it is for you and you think like oh that's going to take too long because we anchored into thinking well i need to be able to make the same level as my salary but you might have to take a few steps backwards to be mm. able to go yeah. exponentially forward and i think that's exactly what i've done so it's now easy for me to say that because i've done that journey mm. but i've seen it so often with clients and my favorite thing is that, you know, I might go places and people will say, oh, yeah, but, you know, you're a white male or that doesn't work for females or the Maldi and Pacifica are a disadvantage because of this. And I'm like, cool, let me tell you a story about this client. Oh, or that client. Yeah. Or oh, do you want to get my, um, oh, I'll tell you what I'll do actually. I'll get my um, female client who's gone from being on the benefits to now in the top tax bracket. I'll get her to do a podcast. You could listen to that. Yeah. Did you listen to it? No. Oh, wonder why. Because it disproves. Yeah. Your biases yeah. So, yeah, I think we just need to encourage as well. Like, I guess this would be my let's get behind New Zealand type spiel. We need to encourage people to be doing more as well because I feel like everything's kind of caving in us a little bit and people are feeling like things are really hard and, and they are. Um, but there's probably never been a better time to get out there and have a crack at something because so many people are either 
trapped by their mortgage, for instance, mm. and so then they can't, so then they're out of the game. Um, people are scared, they're worried, um, they're going to get told as well, oh, you know, by their parents or whoever, it's in a recession, don't do that, it's a bad time to be going out on your own or whatever. Again, I've got about 60,000 stories of people who have done the opposite. So all these people are getting taken out of the game because they don't want to take any risk. And for some time now, we've had such an easy economy to transact in mm -hmm. that things haven't been that hard. So you haven't had to go above and beyond and you've been able to do pretty well. Yeah. Now, all of them are going to start to struggle as well. So I actually think this is probably a really good time if you're a, if you're a, you know, a person who actually can figure out how to add a lot of value. I, to I, get in I, crack. I think I told this little quick anecdote on your podcast. I forgive anyone who has, goes through the pain and, you know, goriness of watching both of these you know miserable podcasts but <laughs> but i think a, a guy ben ruth who was a great track and field athlete back in the day won multiple new zealand titles and just an amazing guy he's got an insurance brokerage and um down in tauranga we were running the dick quacks corporate challenge one day in the domain and he said how many people do you reckon are here and you know he was first and i was fifth or something you know and uh, i said oh, i don't know like ten thousand five thousand he said yeah so say there's five thousand people here he's like how many are what percentage of those people do you think are running? And um, and I said five percent. And he said, and they are the they are the ones who are motivated enough to sign up for to go to the park to do a run. Five mm. percent of those. So what you find is that what I've found, and I think you've found, is the amount of people actually out there competing and say what you're doing or I'm doing, in the way we are, um, is actually quite low. Yeah. So you can get through. You can listen to people like yourself in terms of the how-to from a mindset perspective. The world has never been a more awash with information in terms of technically how to. Mm. So then it's just um, residual fear and sometimes circumstance, which can be obviated by taking certain measures. Yeah. And another thing I found is that there are people around, like yourself or myself, and as a John Banks did it with me, like a lot of people have been amazing and helping me on my journey, journey. And I'm sure you've been the same and do the same for people wanting to do the same. If you are genuinely determined to better yourself and do well, people like ourselves take great joy and watching those meeting those people and going man that guy or that woman they're going to go far and they will give you a leg up they will give you clients they will do mm. stuff for you because they love they love it, it reminds them of themselves but it's probably a bit of ego stroking there as well reverse ego stroke is like shit that reminds me of me and this guy yeah. you know he's gone hard and he had a few few balls ups here and there but let's give him a bit of a chance and, and that's how it works if yeah you're basically putting your hand up above the parapet going i'm, I'm good i'm going to do this you watch me People love it. They will help you. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you come from like a genuine place. I did the same thing last week where a lady basically said to me, I've gone out on my own um, in the crypto accounting space. I kind of just thought it would be a lot easier than this, but I've realized I need to pull finger and, and get some clients and they're not just going to come to me. And just thought I'd introduce myself to you. And I could tell she's really nice, really genuine. I said, look, why don't we go one step further and why don't you come on the Keep the Change podcast and we'll talk about crypto taxes and stuff. And I said, I just about guarantee you'll get some work out of that. But purely for me, I said, I just like seeing people have a crack. And I can't help everybody having a crack. No, no. But, you know, for some people, you just think, well, other people have done it. For me, you almost then probably feel a bit obliged to, to give they, it back. They, you can't help everyone, I agree. And they have to align with you in a way they would almost just in a, a friendship context without. Because it's hard enough to give your time. It just has to be your kind of people. And that's no offense to people you don't get into bed with and help you yeah. know, a bit more. It's just, it's just they, you have to be aligned. Otherwise, well, it's, yeah. Hey, this, this is from today. You know, I put something on social media where someone messaged me and just said, hey, um, can we grab a coffee? Or are you keen to grab a coffee? And I mean, you laugh at that because you know as well, you know, time's so valuable. And 
So I've recorded a podcast already, um, not for this person, but for something else saying, this is how to approach people. Like, this is how I would do it. But interestingly, I put that up and I said, look, I've got a podcast coming out to help you understand how to approach people. Um, and this lady said, as a coffee lover, like, I would have loved to have gone. I don't see what your issue is here. Mm. And, and I'm like, yeah, well, as a lover of my time and, you know, but she's not in my shoes, so she doesn't get it. She's not like, you know, she's thinking, why wouldn't you want a free coffee? But for me, my, why wouldn't I just make one at the coffee machine? You know, what about like going there, organizing the energy it? Of it all yeah, too. What, like, what do you actually want? I just say to people now, I'm just like, I, you know, I would love to, but I, I can't do that at scale. Do you need a hand with something? Yeah. And a lot of the time, people can't even identify like what, what it want. is they want to help with. And I'm like, we'll start there. Yeah. You well, know, you've given them something then. Mm. Um, a client of ours, yeah, you'll laugh at this. Yeah, they were talking about the cold LinkedIn approaches. And I said, what do you, what do, you do? It's pretty annoying sometimes. And he said, I try and sell them back cold what I'm selling. Yeah, so, nice. hey, I'm not, not 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 interested, but wondering if you're interested in this offer. And he said a hundred out of a hundred times he yeah. just ghost him. One time um, I actually said to someone, Hey, look, like this is a really interesting approach. Um, for me, I've built up uh, a lot uh, a personal brand and different things via a number of different things. perhaps you could sit with me, um, and you'd be interested in my three thousand dollar session around increasing your own personal brand and getting better at approaching people on LinkedIn wow did i get like i did it as a bit of a piss take but they were like basically like, who the do you think you are <laughs> so but actually what i did do uh, i was doing some uh, mentorship effectively with someone and they said you know write a pre-written message when you're feeling really nice that you want to say back to those people and so i type in like three letters and it writes the message and it's basically pre-scripted and just says hi their name you know i'd love to be able to sit down but i've been burnt in the past by giving away too much of my time my business ends up suffering my relations in nice. relationships end up suffering um do you like is there something i can specifically help you with and if you let me know that then maybe i can point you in the right direction and so many times it'll be something that i just 100 would never have been able to help with and then it yeah. stops me getting on a phone call it stops me potentially trying to find somewhere to meet for coffee etc so that's been um yeah that's what i was doing for a little while there yeah and, and i like what you said about being nice and as much as we joke about you know a client saying that he probably doesn't even do it it's probably take, probably just exaggerating like he usually does anyway but what i think uh is it's a tiny place and you know we're service providers and mm. even if you don't appreciate being approached cold it still takes a bit of effort and energy to do it it might be not the right way they might be a perfectly good i used to do it a bit when i was yeah, figuring yeah. out how to get this thing going you yeah know, people like, i don't want to talk to you mm. um sort of thing i'll like, oh, come on you meet them and they're like yeah, yeah. Off. and then so I, I appreciate that so i'm never i never say anything the worst i'll do is not reply i might sometimes say no thank you and if yeah. they keep pushing i'm like you clearly don't know how to do this you shouldn't be doing it or you need to adjust yeah but the thing for me is i just don't do anything that can make me look like a smart ass or, mm. or or an asshole because it's such a small place even if that person's not of interest to you they'll know someone that you know and then they'll hit that person could hear about you go oh, here this guy's great now nah, look at this look at this horrible email that yeah, he sent yeah. me when all i did was ask him for a coffee and he told me to beat it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wanted to three, sell me a three thousand dollar improve your linkedin profile of course. <laughs> all right mate pleasure as always and no worries. Uh, thanks so much for coming on and um letting me use your your personal brand to like try and leverage some other some fees for myself. <laughs> Thank, you. Honesty, Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. Gotta hit that button.